0: City goes quiet. People go home. Cars and the buses slow down. The night time is coming. The moon's on the rise. It's time now. Close your eyes.
1: Welcome to episode two hundred and twenty three of the Good Stuff Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talked to Angela James. And that song you just heard was called Good Night, My Honey. And it's from her brand new record called Quiet Night, a collection of lullabies. And parents, I know there's quite a few of you that listen to this podcast, and let me just say, I'm tired. Are you tired? I mean, it's a different tired. My kids are a little bit older now, but I am tired. I'm sure that those of you with very, very young kids are tired. And Angela James has made a beautiful lullaby record to help. I mean, it helps. Like, just that snippet of song just made me feel a lot better. It really did. And I think you'll enjoy hearing from Angela about the reason why she decided to create this album, and and what inspired her, and what pushed her in this direction. And you know, we even went as far as talking about the the instruments that she chose to use. So I th- I think you'll really like it. And of course, at the end of the episode, you can hear that whole song, "Good Night, My Honey," in its entirety. You want to reach me? Send me an email, Mike at GoodStuffPod dot com. Find me on social media. The at symbol GoodStuffPod here is angela james this is just so nice it's just so nice talk to you at the end of the show it's a great friday afternoon to welcome angela james to the good stuff kids podcast how are you angela
2: i'm doing great
1: all right. It's, uh, I want to thank you right off the bat. I had some technical difficulties, but we made it happen and all is well. So you are, um, well, let's just, let's just like be, get the general obvious stuff out of the way first. You are a musician. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Good. Nailed that. Great. And you're also a mom. Nailed that, right? Yeah. Nice. Okay. So these two things come together, but, um, You've done other things before these two things came together. So like set the scene for us a little bit, like where, where are you? Where are you coming from? Like a little bit of your musical background influences, those kinds of things.
2: Sure. Um, well, I am in Chicago and I've been here for a little over 10 years. I'm originally um, from Eastern Tennessee Um and spent some time in both Mississippi and Brazil before I moved to Chicago. Um, And the current record, Quiet Night, uh, that I just put out is my third full-length record. Um, I had put, my first full-length record came out in 2014, Way Down Deep. And then I had another record, Time Will Tell, that came out um, in 2016 while I I had this master plan that I would put out that record when I was around eight months pregnant, and I would tour, and it would be this symbol of empowerment, (laughs) and um, it was a great idea, but I actually ended up being sick for most of my pregnancy. So I managed to release the record, but not much more, Uh Um, and my daughter was born in um, May of 2016, so she just turned three.
1: Okay, you're in it. You're in it deep.
2: Yeah, but it's so fun.
1: Good.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's, yeah, I, I had, um, I mean, we can get into this because this is sort of the, the segue into making this record. Um, I had a pretty difficult experience when she was a newborn. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think in some ways, because the, the beginning of my experience as a mother was pretty rough, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it actually changed my perspective about everything and, You know, that's obviously looking for a silver lining in something, but, um, we had a lot of difficulties in the beginning. I had a pretty, um, rough bout with postpartum depression for about six months. Um, but that's actually where these melodies that are on quiet night, they came out of that experience, um, which, you know, is also another silver lining and a blessing, um, I thought that my music career was over when I was in the middle of um, dealing with postpartum depression just because I couldn't, I couldn't connect with that part of my identity um, and just kind of felt like, okay, well, it's always like being a parent is always going to be this hard. Like, this is just like, you know, and that's, it is hard, obviously, but, right. um, you know, I'm in the middle of, of trying to book a tour and. Uh, in the fall. And I'm just like, Oh, this is great. Like, she's only three. It's not like your life ends or something, but I definitely had that. Um, it was very difficult to connect uh, to my creative identity in that period of time. But I was always humming these melodies to her when I was trying to get her to sleep. Um, and those melodies, I eventually had the the wise idea to record just do some really quick voice memos of them. I mean, I eventually, um, I got treatment for postpartum depression, which I, you know, it's pretty common for it to go untreated for a while. Um, so I think after about a month, my daughter was about a month old. Um, I was able to, it was identified, um, what was going on and I got treatment. So that obviously improved, but I think just in terms of Sort of feeling like myself again, it took about six months, but again in the in the interim of that time, I did realize that I was humming all the time, and i was that was a form of composing and it really felt like I was trying to hold on to whatever part of my creative identity I could and um I mean, I could almost like visualize the night I realized it. I mean, my daughter was a was a pretty bad sleeper. um, for the first nine months or so. And so sometimes it would take, it would take like an hour to get her to go to sleep. And then she'd like sleep for 45 minutes, um, and wake up again, that, that sort of like torturous cycle. Yeah. Um, and I remember I I had like worked so hard to get her down and I'd been humming and bouncing and moving and swaying and that whole time. And I, she finally fell asleep and I came out of the room and I was exhausted and I just remember having this clarity, I was like, that whole time I was composing. Um, And there was something about the movement with she she was one of those babies that you need to move all the time um, in order to get her to sleep. And so that's when I got my phone and I and I um, recorded the first voice melody. And then once I realized what I was doing, I just recorded I mean, I probably recorded 40 or 50 little melodies that I would come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it probably was another six months before I realized, like, oh, these are, like, I can turn these into songs. And it made sense for them to be lullabies um, for a number of reasons. But, you know, as a new parent, um, there are certain obsessions I think you go through. And, like, the first obsession for, for me was you know, how to feed the baby. Um, and then I feel like you kind of get over, you learn that obsession. And then the next obsession is sleep, <laughs> both your child and, and, you know, your own and lack thereof. And so for me, I'm like, well, I spend so much time trying to get her to sleep. I need sleep. I need to rest. Um, I'm going to make a record of lullabies. Mm hmm. So that's sort of the origin story. And then I just decided that um, I would ask other parents that are um, here in Chicago that are also musicians to uh, back me up Mm -hmm. in the record. And I wanted wanted really unique instrumentation. So um, I went with vibraphone, bass clarinet and bassoon. Um, And Chicago is home to a really amazing uh, improvising community. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, and so most of these people are working in the jazz or experimental or contemporary classical world, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't make that kind of music. I'm a singer songwriter, um, always have been, but I really enjoy, um, the spirit of improvisation and watching it and listening to it. And I feel like being a parent is always an exercise in improvisation. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, and it, it just sort of it continued to develop and and take life and sort of became the record is is to me this um this it's emblematic of like love and nurturing and rest, but also of of parents, art of parents. So parents coming together and making something um and, and kind of the connection between you know, a lot of times I think about my life as as a musician, and it's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna get childcare, and I'm and I'm I'm gonna go do this thing that doesn't have anything to do with me being a mother or a parent. And this project was really about like, how can I make those two things come together mm-hmm. and unify?
1: Huh. Awesome. Um, so there's a lot. I mean there's just a lot right and and you, <laughs> you you brought you brought me back to um and it's easy to go back to this sort of, sort of place we have three kids when my son was born you know something that you said just like it's just it's just so important for for people to hear this for parents to hear this it's it mm-hmm. like it's nothing like you expect and yeah. and things that and, and this was both for me as the father and my wife as the mother it was so different. And, you know, you're right about this this idea of, like, obsessing about certain pieces, right? Like, the feeding piece. Like, people have been doing this for hundreds of – I don't even know, right? Like, I'm not a mathematician. it's not That's not what <laughs> right. I do. But a really long time, right? And it mm-hmm. seems like, oh, well, I should do it. I can do it, right? And then when it doesn't, like, you know, for lack of a better word, when it doesn't work the way it's supposed to work, it, that can weigh on a parent, on a mother in particular so heavily. And, yeah. and, and to ask for help when you feel like, um, you should just like inherently be able to do this weighs on a mom so heavily. So I think for you to take that, right. And then to, to apply that to the idea of sleep as well, wait, like, Oh, my kid should just go to sleep yet. You know, I, I relate to Every single thing you said when my like we had to shush him to sleep like shh, shh constantly, and then he would wake up 45 minutes later, and you're just so tired. And you were yeah. smart. You were smart to to have that. You know, like so happy for you to have that moment moment of clarity to turn it into um, to turn it into songs and music because I didn't have that. My moment of clarity didn't come until I you know slept more than four hours at a time, but. All of which is to say that you're sort of, you're being really open about something that not a lot of people talk about, and that is to your immense credit, you know, this idea of postpartum depression, which so many more people go through and deal with than people talk about, and that the idea that nobody's perfect or got it figured out, which, which no one really talks about on, on the parenting side, so...
2: Well, and especially now, right? Because we're all—I mean, everybody—not everybody—that's silly—but like, you know, there's so much energy put into branding and right. and presenting yourself, especially if you, you know, are an artist or an entrepreneur or a public figure in any way. You're you're trying to present yourself as in a certain way, and that doesn't always leave space for honesty. And I think my I got so much out of um, that dark time in addition to this record. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I, I had to ask for help. There wasn't, there wasn't the, there was no other way. Yeah. And I, and I learned that within the first month of my child's life. And that was actually honestly a tremendous gift because there, we wouldn't have been able to, get by as a family if if we hadn't asked for help and people showed up and people I don't even know that well you know people came out of the woodwork like people want to help right it's like we're all especially if you live in a big city like I do um we're all looking for ways I think to connect with our community and um it feels good to help other people but yeah the hardest thing sometimes is just admitting that you're vulnerable and that you need that help And I was forced into that situation. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: And I think going back to my perspective, having that and learning that early on as a parent, um, I think was really valuable. And it also taught me that, you know, yeah, you need to share. I I think I posted on Facebook, actually, um, that when I first was diagnosed and I didn't even think about it necessarily about, you know, um, guilt or shame or any, that that actually came later. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I just, I was so desperate, you know, mm-hmm. we were so desperate as a family um, that we needed help. And so it's been really, it's in some ways, because I have this record and I was, and I was lucky to have a happy ending to that story. I feel kind of like it's my duty to talk about it so openly. Yeah. Um, because a a lot of women can't for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel safe enough within myself, my community, my own family that, um, yeah, the more people talk about it and it's great too. celebrities are talking about it a lot more now, which I think is super helpful. Um, but I there were so many people that I had no idea that they had suffered through the same thing. Mm. And that's it's sad, right? It's yep, like totally. you want to know what your friends are going through and they go through this thing and you had no idea. And it's um, and it is very common. I mean, way more common than statistics say because women don't talk about it. Right. Um, so it, it's underreported and therefore the statistics present a false story. But I think that's changing.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, I think people are craving honesty in all aspects of their life, and mm-hmm. um, and in particular, I think that uh, the the parenting side of things, people are, are looking, people are aware, starting to become more and more aware that what is presented on TV, movies, commercials, et cetera, is not life, and yeah. people want to know what's really going on, so... So let's let's dive into this record a little bit because okay, um, sure. I'm I'm really uh, I, your your take on on this is really interesting. You know, it's not a lot of people come to this kids and family music side of things because they spent a lot of time teaching music in classes with kids and found that they loved it and found that that was mm-hmm. their that was what what drew them to it so you're you're coming at this from a different and please like if I'm off base about any of this then just say no Mike you're not right <laughs> sure. but like you're coming at this from a place of of uh, that's really different that's you know informed by your experience as a parent not of like a three-year-old but rather as like a baby who's really truly a baby and mm-hmm. and and you you applied it musically you applied you know you're not there's not, you know, there's major chords, but it's not like energy, right? Like, and that's not, that's not a slam, right? That's just like, there is a... No,
2: it's different. It's 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 achieving a different thing, I think. Exactly,
1: exactly. Right. So, so like the musical choices, right? So, so I just want to hear a little bit about your thinking with, with the, the instruments that you chose, right? You mentioned bass, clarinet, bassoon, vibraphone, and they're, they're all in, in this like sort of... Mid mid range, and unlike the sound scale, so you know, and I I, neither of us are are like uh, musicologists or scientists, but Mm -hmm. what's the what's the thinking behind that as a musical choice?
2: I mean, I basically made a decision that I didn't want any. I wanted mid to low tone instruments. The vibraphone. Well, I guess all of us at some point will dip into an upper register here and there, but. Basically, my—I mean, I, I worked with all improvisers, so I gave them very little direction.
1: Oh, right? Because, I, um, I, yeah, I was going to ask. Like, and, and then I guess the 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 tack on question is: You were working with improvisers. How much did the improvisers improvise? It's all
2: improvised, except for me. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, there's engineering with that, right? So it's like, you know, we did some editing in post production. A sound engineer that I've worked with on my past records, who is a literal genius (laughs) at arranging and post-production he's just he is amazing to watch um and so he and i after each recording session we would go and do an editing section where he and i would basically arrange the parts but the parts were all improvised Hmm. um and so i would say on average each person did maybe two or three takes per song all, Hmm. all improvised takes And then um, we would go back. Yeah. And, and, and then edit that. And then that would get passed to the next musician. And so they would do their pass and then we'd edit again. And then, you know, there's only three other musicians beside myself. So then the last one, Mm -hmm. Um, and basically what I told them was, you know, we want to make this as soothing as possible. Mm -hmm. Um. And these are three instruments that I find tremendously soothing. I mean, I have had a love affair with a vibraphone for many years. <laughs>
0: um,
2: awesome. I think it is the coolest instrument. And it's, for me, it, it really just puts me in this space of relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I have really fond memories of, has Peter and the Wolves and, and the, the bassoon part. Mm. Um, and I happen to know a, an incredible experimental bassoonist here in Chicago. She's a dear friend of mine. And our, our children were actually doing, we were doing a nanny share together. Mm. Um, and so she and I were already becoming closer friends through motherhood. And um, it made sense that she would be a part of it, both instrumentally and given our friendship. And then the bass clarinet player, Jason Stein, has played with me on other records and shows. And I I love his playing. He has a really incredible sense of melody. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, so there's my voice. Like, that's the main voice. But the bass clarinet will be this other voice that is almost singing along with me and responding to me. But I did not give them much information to go on um, other than let's make this soothing, yeah. uh, and it's just a testament to all the three of them and their understanding um, of of melody and and tone. That yeah, I mean they they really breathed life into these songs, um, and their voice, their particular instrumental voices, I think, you know, really um, elevate all the all the songs because the songs are very simple by design
1: mm-hmm. right right and but it's simple but like i mean so here here's maybe an un- unintended use of the music like use is a weird way to talk about music but an unintended mm-hmm. soundtrack for me i was you know to prepare for this like i wanted to know what we were you know what, what we were talking about so i was listening to it while mm-hmm. i was at work and i found it like you know it checked all those boxes that you're talking about. It was really soothing. I was like, oh, I didn't know I needed this right now. So yeah, it, it was, that's,
2: that's the idea. Yeah. So,
1: okay, good. So, so you did it, you nailed it. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and I mean, it, it should go, you know, it's, it's a, it's been a little tricky because it, it fits between cracks in genres. Yeah. In a certain way. Um, and so I think, you know, it doesn't sound like my previous records, but it does. Mm-hmm. And then it's a it's for children, but it's not
1: like it's it's yeah. more for it's for parents, parents, yeah.
2: and or stressed out people, right? Mm-hmm. Because we all tend to have trouble unplugging, making space for relaxation. I'm also my day job is I'm a therapeutic yoga teacher. Uh, okay. Um. So obviously that informs this project too, more so than I think I realized when I was conceptualizing it in that this need for rest and relaxation, when you're a parent of a newborn, you really get, it hits you in the face Mm -hmm. because you don't get it. But then, you know, whether you're a parent or not, we're all kind of just sleep deprived, right? (laughs) Like everybody is overstimulated and doesn't get enough rest just because we live in the United States. I mean, I think actually other countries and cultures do a better job of valuing rest than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it may, it, I'm delighted that you found it soothing. Yeah. Even, you know, even, you know, I guess my intended purpose was that it would accompany like a bedtime routine for a child. But, um, yeah. one of my clients who is in her seventies listens to it before bed every night.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is, so I, I have a, um, an eight year, almost eight year old who sometimes has a really hard time toning down, like just, just mellowing out. And Mm -hmm. this is, that's the purpose, right? Uh, Amongst the many purposes for this record, this is what it can be used for. And it, and it will work. I haven't done it yet because you know, this is uh, happening in real time, but it it will, it will (laughs) definitely be part of it. So I just want to hear a little bit of the story um, just behind a couple of the songs. Um, you know, starting sure. with good night, my honey, which I think is, is pretty meaningful. Uh, and so, so if mm-hmm. you can tell me about that song and then a little bit about you're always at home.
2: Sure. Um, well, good night, my honey, we used to live on a really, not, not a, a main Avenue in Chicago, but a pretty busy street. And, um, it had a bus route. There was always a lot of traffic and one of the. Um, Hattie, my daughter, one of her favorite things, and in fact, like something that would actually calm her down when she was a baby, is, was she just loved to watch traffic. So we'd our our couch was in front of like a giant window facing out on this busy street, and she just would watch traffic. And when she got older and could sit up on her own, we like put a chair, like a high chair in the window <laughs> and we referred to it as, as Hattie's perch. It's like she would just sit there and watch the buses. Her first word was bus. Um, and so that song to me is about that process of like starting she she would watch things and especially in the winter time when it would get actually be dark when it was her bedtime
0: mm-hmm.
2: or even before her bedtime, but this process of kind of watching things start to slow down, um, mm-hmm. like being able to watch the sunset. And when you're in a city, you know, we're disconnected uh, from that. Um, you know, I don't, I we've moved to a slightly more, um, bucolic part of the city further North, but we're still in the city. And, um, But it just was a, it's hard to, you know, you can't see the sunset. Like you can't necessarily see these sort of natural things that cue that the day is dimming. Um, But we were watching the traffic and it, you know, rush hour stopped. Things started to slow down. And so that's what that whole um, song is about.
1: Amazing. Um, I'm I'm like trying to control myself from asking too much about Chicago because I love Chicago. But, But I won't. Okay, so... Tell me about – oh, and by the way, has she, like, maintained her interest in, like, transportation and –
2: No. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Not important to her at all.
1: Uh, What is she into right now?
2: Right now, she is really into – like drawing she oh, just really nice. i think maybe some motor skill leap happened and she just is like drawing and coloring all the time and she's really into making things with play-doh and awesome. she's into building things but you know she doesn't care about like she we used to ride that we used to live near the train and we'd ride the train all the time and so i think she was interested in the train and now sometimes we'll pass by a train station and we we live a little further away,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and she's just kind of like, "Oh yeah, the train."
1: Like, <laughs> cool story. She care. Cool story. Uh huh. Cool story. Yeah, there's the train. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's 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 really interesting. And those those leaps, right? Those leaps that you see as a parent when when yeah, they so like, cool. It's so cool. Okay, so tell me about your always at home.
2: Uh, well, that one is really, I think the only one. So I didn't write the lyrics when I was still kind of in the throes of postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. That would have been impossible, at least for me. Um, so when I was writing the lyrics to the songs, even though the melodies came out of that time, you know, most of the songs were like, go to sleep. I love you. I love you so much. You're amazing. I love you. Go to sleep like that. Like, it was actually a challenge to write that many songs where the content was pretty much the same. Uh-huh. Um, but I did want to write a song that talked about how mysterious um, your children can be mm. because especially when they're newborns and, you know, I had a, my therapist at the time said this brilliant thing where she was like, it's no wonder that you're struggling. You're, you're in a relationship with somebody where the only feedback get is negative before, before a baby can smile. All they can do is cry. Right. And so, and to me, that, that whole, like having a newborn, um, it's so mysterious. Like, and so the, the lyrics are, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what you need. Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't see the same things you see. Um, you can't tell me like, it's just, it's, it was really frustrating. Um, especially when I had a high needs child, mm-hmm. um, and th- that, to me, is interesting, too, because she was really high needs for the first six to nine months, and now she's just, she's a really chill kid.
1: Oh, good, like, for, she's good just, for you. That's amazing. Well, oh, de- I know. I'm <laughs> very lucky. Well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> That's and cute. who
2: knows how long that will last, right? But, like, it, as far as, like, to- she's been an, a really relaxed toddler, uh-huh. Um. And I have many, most of my friends, like, you know, they, they had the opposite. Like they, they were like, oh yeah, I loved having a baby, an infant, but like, man, toddlers. And I'm like, I'm not going to say anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be over here. Uh, yeah. so don't, don't mind me. Oh.
2: So, um, again, maybe having a hard time in the beginning was a blessing in disguise, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. I, that's what that song is about. And, and I think that I try to keep that in mind going forward obviously she's less mysterious to me now, but she's still, she's a separate human being. Yeah. Like she has her own ideas and that's just going to continue to develop, um, as she gets older. And, you know, I think that song in some ways is a reminder to me mm-hmm. that I can have obviously the maximum amount of love and, um, in some ways expectations about who she is and who she's going to become. But at the end of the day, she's her own person.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, so the record's beautiful. It's called quiet night, a collection of lullabies. Um, there's a lot behind this music. It's, and that's the best part for me about talking to you and hearing all of the thought that goes into it, all of the thought put into it behind it, what it means to you. Um, so if people want to hear more from you, Angela, mm-hmm. how, how can they what, like what's the best way for them to to be up to date?
2: Um, I am most active in terms of social media on my Instagram account.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I also tend to do pretty long form, very open and honest uh, posts over there, which <laughs> again, that was kind of my like goal um, in, in promoting this record was was I was just gonna lay it all out there. Um, but that's where I'm most active. I mean, I do have a Facebook music page. I post there when I have shows, um, but pretty much not anything else. <laughs> um, i then obviously I have a website which has, you know, the shows and, and videos and media. Mm-hmm. Um, and to hear the music, I mean, it's, it's everywhere that you would find music, you know, but mm-hmm. you can stream it, you can get it on iTunes, whatever. Um, You obviously probably know this, but the place where musicians get the most money, besides, you know, buying a record from somebody at a show, is um, on a website called Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. And so I have all of my records, including Quiet Night, up on AngelaJames.Bandcamp.com. And you can buy a a record directly from me through that website. And they do take a cut. Everybody's going to take a cut. Um, But it's significant. Artists make significantly more money through mm-hmm. that website right
1: so if you if you're interested in supporting the artist angela james right. in in the most significant way, the best way to do that is via bandcamp so right, cool, but
2: I want people to hear the record so yeah. by all mainstream and on spotify whatever you however you is easiest for you to relax and rest
1: <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah.
2: then do it that way for sure,
1: sure. Um, Well, so Angela, this is really great. And I really appreciate your honesty and your transparency. And I am, you know, really excited for the the record that sort of documents the threes, fours and fives in your life, (laughs) because it's it's different. It's fun. You're right. It's totally fun, But it is also different exhaustion. Just that's not to scare you. That's just to prepare you.
2: (laughs) No, the, the, the word that is like flashing into my mi- mind right now is whirlwind.
1: Yeah, totally. Physically. I'm starting to
2: feel that for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm glad your daughter's chill and I'm glad that you're making music again and, and, and giving us this beautiful art. So uh, I want to thank you for your time and I'm really glad we connected. Thanks so much to Angela for taking the time to talk with me. I mean, she shared some pretty personal stuff, and I always am very, very appreciative of the amount that people that I talk to are willing to share for this podcast, and I think it makes it more real, you know? There's real reason behind this. There's real reason behind the music that she makes, and why she made it, and for whom she made it, so thank you, Angela. Again, the record is called Quiet Night, A Collection of Lullabies, and the song you're about to hear is called Goodnight, My Honey thank you for listening. I'm going to go take a nap. Probably not. I'm going to go make dinner. That's what I'm actually going to do. But what I'd really like to do, go take a nap. Talk to you soon.
0: slow down the night time is coming As sure as the sun and the stars above, I'll dream.